good. Hello, everyone. Today on our list is the first player interview we have. The last two episodes, we had Coach Holly from Munich and yesterday, Coach Frank Rosa from the Ingolstadt Dukes. And today we're going in with the first player and we also go international. He is from Czech Republic, Daniel Plalasiewicz, right receiver. He played, for, <laughs> he played for the Stuttgart Scorpions, Ingolstadt Dukes, and now for the Prague Black Panthers, multi-times um, Czech gold champion. And we are up to his whole story, how he starts football, and of course, how he end up now having his own, together with Jan Stiegler, football gym. Uh, American football gym in Prague. We are excited. Coach Melle is with me, and now Doppi Dan to Czech Republic and yeah, uh, Daniel. Daniel, how are you yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah, hi guys. At first, uh, really thank you for the invitation, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to be here to talk with you, to see you in this uh, really special tough times. And uh, yeah, again. Thank you for that. It's really a nice program. I, I wish you only good luck in that. And I am so happy that I can be the part of this program and of this podcast. Yeah, so, uh, guten Tag for Czechia. Yeah, we can have in Deutsch sprechen. No, just just kidding. Uh, yeah, you know, we got a nice weather here in Prague. It's 20 degrees, but we are not allowed to walk outside. So it's a little bit crazy time. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we are we are healthy. At least everybody around me are staying healthy. Positive vibes only. So yeah, that's it. Can't wait for the interview with you guys. Perfect, perfect. Daniel. Uh, how old you are right now and when you start football? How long you're already on the <laughs> track? This first question, I was a signal. So let's say that I'm pretty old. No, no, kidding. I am actually years old, which is quite a lot. <laughs> I'm 34 years old. So this year is supposed to be my 17th season. That's it. Perfect. So, and, and, and when you start with football, because we all know now it's easy to get in touch with football because NFL is everywhere. But how yeah. you come in Czech Republic in touch with American football at the first time? Yeah, that's it. That's a nice story. I hope that we have a lot of time. Uh, actually, it won't will take hopefully more than two hours like with yesterday, Coach Frankie. <laughs> But I will try to make it short. And you know, the whole of my life is connected with the sport. I was playing basketball since my seven years. And uh, then during the uh, college time or school time, I was thinking what, what the next, you know, what to do for a life. And then in that time, like my mother told me, have a look, if you want to be like professional basketball player, I don't think so that this is a really nice uh, nice future for you. Imagine that you will get some injury, I don't know, in the age of 22, 23, and then what will you be able to do for your life? And I said, mm, okay, maybe nothing, just throwing the ball into the basket, but I cannot do it any, anymore if I will get uh, injured, you know? So, and in that time, I met my next afterwards teammate, Adam Sinacek, in one club in Ostrava. Yeah, and uh, he was just uh, making a found of me, like hey, you are playing a basketball. This is like for ladies' sports and so on. And I said, "Come on, no way! It's 
I love that. And say, <laughs> no, no, try to come and uh, to our practice. I'm playing American football in Havijov, which is a little town not so far away from Ostrava, like 20 minutes by train, maybe. And yeah, then I recognized that it's a time to stop with the basketball and to, yeah, to be more focused on my future career, business career, not sport career. But still, as a sport was a part of my life, I didn't want to just live uh, my life without a sport. So I said, okay, let's, let's continue in the business, in the study, and I will do, I will try to play American football just for a fun. But yeah. afterwards, year by year, the fun has been changed. And I mean, the American football basically set up as for my professional career. Yeah. So in that time, I was uh, 18 years old. When I visited the first American football practice in Havijov, the team was called Havijov Devils. And my first practice was following. It was an Oklahoma drill with oh. a legendary Czech linebacker, Walter Harazin. I guess everybody in the Czech Republic knows his name. He's pretty hard on the field and as well off the field. <laughs> and in this Oklahoma drill, I finished with a concussion. <laughs> so that was my first touch with the American football. And it was back to year 2004. And then I spent the next four years up to 2007 in Habit of Devils. Afterwards, I got my uh, contract or possibility or uh, that I will get a new work uh, somewhere in uh, Trutnov. Uh, Jan Stigler is here. I, I, I see him coming to the door. Actually, he was standing here like three minutes already and trying to be naked and so on. <laughs> yeah, naked. No, so uh, coming back to my career, yeah, it was a 2007. I have to write it here on the paper. When I got a new offer, uh, it was working offer to really another part of the Czech Republic. So I say it was nice offer. I accepted there. But for me, the question was, okay, I can move there, but I need to play football because I really, in those four years in Habit of Devils, I understood that football is such a, it's like playing chess with a, with a people, you know, with a human. So I, I really fallen in love with this sport and say, hey, I, I have to continue to, to play that sport. And I was living in a little town in the north part of the Czech Republic called Trutnov, somewhere of nowhere in mountains. And there were only two closest teams to that town. One was in Pardubice, maybe one hour driving by car, no highway. And the second one was in Liberec as well, like one, one hour driving as well, no highway there. And in that time, I was thinking, okay, which team I will pick, you know? And Liberec got a much more website <laughs> in that time. And in yeah. the summer, they were in a training camp in Croatia and I was like wow what a team they can they can go they can travel to Croatia with some nice you know uh, one week together of trainings at the coast enjoying everything nice weather see and so on so I said okay I go to Liberec but when I came I'm sure it was not because of me the main sponsor left <laughs> there was some issue so I understood the reality you know but in this city, after one year, I moved to this city because I, I had some private issues and, and another business there. So I was living in Liberec, playing there two seasons. And uh, after the second season, it was in 2009, I was in contact with Dan Leszko. In that time, he was the head coach of Prague Lions and as well, uh, yeah, 
was doing has had some connection with the Czech national team. So we started to talk together that uh, maybe I should think about to move to Prague to play a football. But for me to move, to leave everything in Liberec and move to Prague, it was not possible because I was not doing the football for a life. And uh, I thought, okay, I can, I can play there and I will be traveling like for every practice uh, from Liberec to Prague, which is like 110 kilometers, you know, twice or three times per, per week. And yeah, and at that times it was the team called Prague Lions. There were basically in the Czech Republic two greatest teams: Prague Lions, which are still great team, and Prague Panthers. Not Black Panthers, but Prague Panthers. And when I was thinking to which team I should go, my my decision was clear: Prague Lions in that time, yeah, because Prague Panthers they were. And this is like a ninety person only running a game, you know. And me yeah. as a receiver, I just want to to play the football, not just to block. Even I love blocking. So my decision was to go to to Lions because they were another. Uh, they have they had in that time another concept. It was more like a passing concept. But that year, before the start of the season, some internal issues in the Lions organization happened. And Coach Leshko called me and I said, hey, uh, part of the team is leaving the Prague Lions organization and we are going to create a, uh, a new team, new organization, which will call Prague Black Hawks. I said, okay, whatever, you are a great coach, I want to be under you. So I, I moved to Prague just for playing the football and uh, spent the nice next three years with Prague Black Hawks, you know. We played the first our league. Uh, we get it to the final final game. We absolutely lost against Prague Panthers, and it was really like more than fifty points. <laughs> that was crazy game. But the, but the next two years we we were again with Prague Panthers in the final game, and those next two final games we won as a Prague Black Hawks. You know? Was and it after the championships then? Sorry, was that the first championships in Czech Republic? Yes, that we won with a Prague uh, Black Hawks like yeah. that, and, and that that were both of those games were really tough. Well, it it finished by one touchdown, even one point, something like that. I don't remember it right now, but it really I enjoyed so much. And afterwards, uh, something interesting happened, and that was the foundation of Prague Black Panthers because the the managers of both organization they sit together, and it was a really clever decision. They say, okay. It, it makes no sense that we will, we will uh, the whole Czech league will finish that it will be the final game between those two teams, Prague Panthers and Prague Black Hawks. So what about to create a really European, one of the European top teams that we will join uh, the Prague Black Hawks with the Prague Panthers? And uh, both, both parties has accepted that and the Prague Black Hawks, Prague, Prague Black Panthers, uh, history began, you know, so and since that time I was a part of Prague Black Panthers and that's back in I think 2013 this happened and wow that that was crazy because I I remember the first camp after this joining or connection there were around 120 players on the camp trying to get to roster so it was really it was really nice you know yeah that's oh, that's 2000 <laughs> 2013-14 Prague Black Panthers 
And now we are moving to my first touch in 2015 with Stuttgart Scorpions. And how, that how, how was the idea of, now you say the Black Panthers, you have a competitive, great team. How was for you or why you say, now I want to go somewhere else? Why are you not just staying there? Why are you say, now I want to go out? Because this is what a lot of young kids doing. Um, a European import. How was your, your yeah. How was the level? How was the it's, level different? It's it's again linked to my uh, professional, to my uh, business because I'm working uh, beside the uh, strength and conditioning and uh, the fitness actions. I'm working in automotive industry, and in that time I was working more than eight years for one German company, and they were trying to move me from uh, Czech Republic to Stuttgart. Ah. All the time saying no, no, no. I I cannot leave. Uh, I cannot leave Czech Republic because of the football, because of some another private topics. And even if the I mean the 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 offer was really nice, but one time that was in 2015. It was so beautiful offer that I say I really start to think about. So I say I have I have really one main uh, task uh, or or checkpoint which has to be uh, fulfilled and this I will continue to play football so uh, we were uh, we, we were in contact with that time new head coach of Stuttgart Scorpions Emil Yamiko and I sent him a movie I, I traveled there for uh, like the one practice it was outside in the winter and it said oh yeah we we want you definitely yeah so I I signed a contract in my company moved to Stuttgart and that's it yeah and then I play like uh, yeah one nice season in Stuttgart Scorpions, and afterwards I had to uh, move back to Prague because of some private topics, and I've got again another better professional career, let's say, uh, contract from another company. So I moved uh, from Stuttgart back to Prague, spent the season 2016 for Prague Black Panthers again. And afterwards, I moved in 2017 and 18 to Ingolstadt Dukes. But going to Stuttgart, how was yeah. your first impression, your first GFL impression compared to Czech football back in the day? How was it to yeah. be with GFL playoffs? Is that different or you just feel like, I'm here, I run the show? It was so and so. I mean, luckily, luckily, it was not a huge shock for me because the organization of Prague Black Panthers, uh, like I mean, those two years before, it was really the top level. I mean, the the agenda. There was a clear agenda, uh, agenda for every single uh, practice. There was a clear plan what we will do, how we will practice. The coaches, you know, we have almost for every single position a coach which was not definitely unique in that time for another teams in the Czech Republic, maybe Prague Lions, you know. But the rest of the teams, there was like one, two coaches taking care, one about offense, one about defense, and that's all, you know. But so in Prague Black Panthers, we have really almost from every position, uh, some position coaches. So the, the movement from uh, this level in Prague Black Hawks to GFL level for me was not so huge because I was... I was used to know it, you know, but but really what I understood in, and what I learned in uh, Stuttgart Scorpions is that this team was really preparing the players like three months before the first game, 
uh, in off-season program. So that was really my first touch of really well structure of the off-season program, you know. Okay, so, so before that in Prague, you guys weren't involved in some sort of off-season training? There wasn't really that instilled? It, it was like we were trying to do something like running a stance, but it was not like a clear defined microcycle divided into microcycles and so on, you know. So I ran before my first uh, season in Scorpion, my own program, and it was really like in the condition which, which were in that time available here. It means it was a winter, uh, you, you did your athletic workout, like 40 minutes running on the athletic oval outside during some temperature, pretty cold, around the zero. Then you had to sit to the car, move 10 or 15 minutes to the gym and continue in your strength, you know, uh, preparation for the season. And it takes like almost, I don't know, two and a half hours. And for the guy who is not uh, doing the football for the life, it's pretty hard to find this time for that, you know. So I was really thinking why there is no kind of complex where you can do your athletic workout together with the strength workout under one roof. And in that time, I have uh, my first idea. Uh, yeah, how to say it? We were again in a, in a pub, but don't tell it to anybody because we in Czech Republic we have pretty nice and tasty Czech beer. So uh, in that time, with one of my teammates from Prague Black Panthers, Jan Stigler, the guy who was here, uh, we were sitting together with a bunch of, of, of teammates, and I was complaining about that. You know that I'm missing something like this in the US. In almost every college, they have their own complex where they can run, make some uh, strength program and so on. And there's nothing here. And Jan was complaining because he's crazy. He's falling in love with NFL, NCAA, everything. So we know almost every university, their, their, their background, their possibilities and so on. So he said, yeah, I'm missing it too. And then we say, okay, so let's, let's build it by, uh, by ourselves. You know? And then we started. It was in 2016 and basically from the week to week, we just find some space, invest to some basic stuff, and uh, yeah, start to start to run some really uh, good off-season program with Prague Black Panthers. That is great. So you really start with Jan from the bottom. You're not <laughs> you have kind of crazy money. So you really start <laughs> step by step by step. Exactly. That was, that, that was it. Yeah. Our first. And maybe we are jumping from one topic to another. Oh yeah, I know. We want to let, us, let us let us move back to the to the uh, this all-in training complex. Our gym afterwards just finished the, the career, you know. So we were in 2017 and 2018 in Dukes with me, and then in 2019 I uh, yeah I joined back Prague Black Panthers and continued to play here. Perfect. And in the Dukes in Ingolstadt. You're not living there. You, you're going back and forth from yes. Prague. Yes. How was a normal day? How was a normal day for you look on a practice day? When time, what time you go up and when time you finally yeah. back home? Uh, so in Dukes, the, actually it was from timing point of view much more better for me because normally if I'm not in a gym, I am uh, working, uh, as mentioned, in automotive industry, and in 80%, I'm traveling around the Europe, you know, visiting my suppliers, doing some audits and so on. 
So for me, really, it was when when uh, the or the the practices plan here in Prague is pretty tough for me and almost for every single player because they have their own families, they have their own kind of life, they they have to work daily, you know, because nobody is playing for uh, football for their life. So the same was with me. So comparison between the Prague Black Panthers and Ingolstadt Dukes were following. When I was playing for Prague Black Panthers, or I'm still playing, but today we are not practicing as everybody in Europe. So it was like I, I, I was doing some super visit somewhere in Poland, for example, four hours away from Prague. And I knew that in the same day, in the evening at 7 p.m., I have to be in a Prague. So I just was watching my time, set up some agenda. At, I knew that at 3 p.m. I have to finish the business meeting, sit to the car and move four hours or four and a half hours back to Prague. So it was really like a kind of uh, under pressure, a little bit more stress for me. And it was even not so healthy because imagine four hours sitting in the car. It's really, I arrived to Prague 30 minutes before the practice, already have my football stuff in my car. And then you have to run for the, on the field and have like two or some, some cases, even three hours long practice, you know. So that was a, from timing point of view, a little bit more difficult for me. Then in comparison with Ingolstadt Dukes, because there was a, there was a really nice plan, at least for me. They had a, they have every Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday, the practice, but on this practice, the, we were not, it was not mandatory for us. The mandatory practice for us was only on Friday. There was an evening workout or evening practice, which started at seven and finished. It depends sometimes at 11, you know, at 11. No, yeah. it was like three hours max and not more. So uh, it was for me nice because I have the whole week from Monday until Thursday to do my job, to work in the gym, to, to make some of my, my, my uh, trainings. And on Friday at 3 p.m., I just start to be focused on, uh, on the Dukes. We sit together in, uh, to the car with my another teammate. The first season, it was Robert Krejcia, offensive lineman. Then he went to Dresden uh, Monarchs and uh, last year he finished. And the second year, it was as well offensive lineman. It was uh, uh, Jakub Kralik. Yeah? He's still playing there. So at 3 p.m. on Friday, we sit to the car and move to Ingolstadt Dukes to be there for uh, uh, evening uh, practice. And then we stay at coach uh, Eugene Half. Hi, Eugene. Hello again. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, we stay in his house or in an import house of during the weekend. Uh, be there for Saturday or Sunday game, and then after the game, we just sit the car and move back to Prague. Yeah. Okay, but you spend then your whole weekend away from yeah, yeah, and family and all that stuff. This is your also 16 games in the GFL, like this is 16 weekends, you're not at home. Yes, tell, tell, tell me about it or tell it to my uh girl, girlfriends or actually ex girlfriends, you know, because like. Two of my last relationships basically finished because of, I will say, because of that. You know. Wow. That is, that is a commitment. That's a commitment yeah. to the sports. But, uh, or maybe the, the love, the love was not uh, harder than <laughs> That's the true. That's true because this is the thing, right? I mean, I want to talk a little bit about how it was for you, especially because you played in Frank or Coach Frank Rose's offense, not being there 
So preparation is a little bit different because, I mean, you know this too, now being in the performance world, you need repetitions. It's not just easy to look at a piece of paper and then I'm going to show up on a Friday, which is probably more game simulation yeah. and I'm ready to go. The other aspect is the girlfriend topic. I mean, I know I know this personally. Um, at the end of the day, if they meet you, your football self, because this is the thing, right? And at some point, they got to understand, like, football's here, you're second. Not that you're not important, but they understand, hey, you're, you're under a specific sort of routine. They know what it takes for you to prepare, to play this, yeah. to love. So, I mean, it doesn't have to say first, because, like, even Shannon Sharp talked about this a few weeks ago when he was on a, a podcast. And it's very interesting because he hits funny. He said the reason why he was the most successful just in general is like he put football here. And of course he's getting paid for it, but he put it here and he told every relationship, he's like, you're second. Not that I don't love you and blah, 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 and that you're not important, but you got to understand that for me, for football, food on the table, so forth, it has to be first. Yeah. I, would, I, I don't want to really make a kind of deep dive in those legs and, and walk <laughs> about the girlfriends because I don't want to be guilt today in the evening. They still know when I'm yeah. What about the performance aspect of it? Like the preparation, did you notice? Yes, yeah. no, the, prepar the, the preparation was really uh, necessary, definitely. But when you mentioned the uh, uh, coach uh, Frankie Roser, I really love them because his preparation and his service to us as his players or receivers was amazing. I mean, he was doing a movie with all of his signals for games and so on. So you were able to study it remotely, you know, all the time he makes it like, I don't know. He tell what is the action, what is the name, then he makes some sign, touches balls and afterwards make this. You know? <laughs> and that was like, it was really brilliant. So, so the preparation, the, the study of the playbook, it was definitely mandatory. But I can say, you know, when I was moving to Stuttgart or to Dukes, I was already playing maybe, I don't know, definitely more than 10 years. So it's as, as older as you are, you are playing more with your head, you know. So yeah. uh, I would say definitely it, it, it cannot, I guess it cannot work for a, for young players uh, without, without the kind of skills, then they can travel to play in GFL and uh, be there only for one practice, definitely not, you know. And of course, important is as well for receivers, uh, the chemistry with the, with the quarterback as well. This is, this is something what you need to uh, practice on the practices. So all the time you have to find some, some correlation in between, yeah. Absolutely. That sounds great. So I think now everyone can a little look how much you already put on the table as a player in check. Like you say, you're going 100 kilometers to practice in Prague. But sometimes people are calling you like, coach, I can't come to practice. I have 15 minutes to walk. Or like, are you serious? Yeah, so this is a great commitment. And the next topic, we already talk about your performance center, but it's like every coach in Europe, I said yesterday, you dream of having a facility to make football practice. And you know, how, how big is it right now? How many square meters you have? And I think Coach Mella has a, a lot of questions as well. How, how is your, uh, your, your setup there right now? And... Yeah, I have them also some more questions about it. 
Yeah. So, so uh, the first idea I already explained how we uh, how we and why we built this complex. And uh, actually, the the problem number one is to find a good good space if, uh, for that because if you want to have some indoor complex where you can do a proper athletic workout, you need really a larger room, you know. And in Prague, honestly speaking. This is not so, it's as well about the money because it's going to be really, really uh, expensive. But finally, we find one nice place in old brewery house, again, the beer. <laughs> yeah. And there was a kind of development a project in that, in that uh, buildings, or there was uh, several buildings. And there was one huge open space, no, huge. In that, it, it had like 400 square meters, you know. And we were pressed by the time because it was the summertime and we wanted to start the first off-season program for the whole team uh, in the end of the September, beginning of October. So we had the knife on our neck and we said, okay, let's go to this, to this room. So uh, somehow we built it, really, together with uh, Jan Stigler and a bunch of our teammates. They helped us. Thank, thank you, everybody. And yeah, we just half of the of the room we put there like a, like the grass, you know, and the, the another one was a kind of the room for the strength strength preparation. There are like a, in that time we had like five podiums where you can do some uh, some workout with the bar, you know. But today or after the after the second year we knew that it's too small for us and we need something bigger. So we start to think about a much more bigger place. Finally, we got it. So today we have almost 700 square meters and it's amazing, you know. Like, uh, I'm happy that as well another teams, uh, basically we spent zero, zero cents to marketing so far and another teams are trying to contact us like that they somehow hear about this this space and they would like to use it as well for the training. So we are happy that this complex is not just for American football teams, but as well for the rugby team. From time to time, we got some MMA fighters here. We got, uh, we got definitely the softball, even the women Czech national softball team, they are doing their winter preparation here. Wow, so I'm happy wow. by that, yeah. This is great. I mean, this sounds, this is what every coach want. And it's so great as you, you, you having this right now. That's, uh, yeah. And, and it's it's really I mean I if uh, I hope that a lot of players are are uh, watching or will be watching this. So this is really something what is important for every single team to make the off-season program. I I don't want to tell how important it is uh, as a prevention against some injuries and so on, but but the main concept is that you are you are making a kind of uh, team building. You know, because in the past, when I started in the football, my first years, we were meeting everybody only when the season starts, you know. So you almost didn't know what is next to you, you know. You almost didn't know who, for whom you are blocking and so on. But today, if we are making the off-season program together, it's really you, I mean, the you, you are watching on your teammates in different scale because... You were there with him in the gym, like he was almost crying after some athletic workout, or you, you were cheering for him to make this 100 kgs on a bench press and so on. So it's really about the. I, I don't like to tell it's about the. 
creating a family, but definitely the teamwork, you know, and the guys are connected together and then the season is starting and you are really already the best teammates in the beginning of the season. So, uh, I, as mentioned, I don't want to make any deep dive discussion into the uh, science things, why it is important and so on, but even from this from this uh, mental point of view, it's important. So to everybody, if you have any chance that you will work out together in a team, do it because then the scale uh, of your teammates will be absolutely banked to another level. Yeah, hundred percent. Because that's like the biggest thing. And Coach Sebastian kind of filled me in a little bit. He also mentioned to me that also you have different football teams in the area and the guys train together. So first of all, touch your basis, like. That's also the big thing that we know from the States, right? It's like yep. the building, the camaraderie. That's technically what makes the good teams, the decent teams, great. It's that little it factor. And it comes down, like you just said, you just saw your teammate literally probably dying, throwing up in a puke bucket, you know, and you saw him to the point of breaking, but he fought because, to be honest, that's what we demand of our players on the field. So if you have that, that, that already that, how do we call it, that prior exposure to a situation like that, what you guys are able to come together, build each other up. For me, the biggest yeah. thing being coming from the States, and it's one thing that that is a little bit different. I don't know how it is in the Czech Republic, but I know it's like that in Germany, where I've coached at, and now again in Poland, for example, and also now recently in France, um, is what I've noticed is a lot of guys are not willing to train with players from other teams. And I don't understand that because in the States, every summer off season, we'd always come back or we had a rival high school that's like two to five miles away. And we always had workouts. It didn't matter if I knew I was going to play against this receiver mm -hmm. this season, but we still trained together because we brought out the yeah, best right. out of each other. Even, even in, even in, um, in Juco in college football, we always had these workouts. And that's one of the things that's interesting that he mentioned to me that in your facility, you get also guys from different teams, especially in Prague. Oh yeah, I say I say it's like that. It's it's from that point of view you want to you want to help to another players to be better players, you know. So for me personally, I don't care if uh, even if from some another Prague teams will enter the doors here and ask, hey, I want to train here. He's only welcome, you know. We we were we were basically running the. Uh, in the past, for example, strength condition program or off-season program from uh, one Prague teams who was playing against our Prague B team in the second league, you know. So it was in that time we don't say you are our competitors. I don't want to, if you will, if I don't want to make any off-season for you because I will make you a better team than is our team, you know. So it's not like that. You are trying to really help to the to the teams. And what I really like is. For example, it's a, it's, it's a, I don't want to say fun, but sorry, ladies, for that. We are we are doing the off-season programs for Prague Black Cats, which is the women team from uh, our organization, and as well Prague Harpies, which are their competitors, you know. But basically, those those girls they are from time to time meeting here because. So, uh, for example, cats, they are finishing, they, uh, they, they work out and afterwards there is a harpies team. So, but luckily, so far we didn't have any, any fight. <laughs> no, I mean, but that's the thing. Maybe one time I will just drop there some uh, bunch of chocolate and Nutella. And <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't involved. No, but that's like, I, I absolutely <laughs> love that. Also, that's also me coming from the strength and conditioning world and working as a strength coach. 
especially, especially out here in Europe where you see for the most part in Europe, and I've been exposed because I've also worked with the, the Polish Strength Conditioning Association. Um, it's very interesting because not only is, and like I said, you don't want to talk about it, but just in terms of where the strength and conditioning world is at in the States, for example, right now, and where Europe is at, where technically Europe, for the most part, and I'd say in Germany, where I've worked with a lot of top people out here, it's, it's about eight to 10 years behind just philosophy-wise compared to the States, right? Mm-hmm. But just seeing where you have a facility, because there's not a lot of facilities like that. I, I would say not even in Germany, just by the square meters and what you're offering in terms of having enough space to have actual practices as well and rent it out. But like just in general, of having a true performance facility that is rare in Europe when you're talking about, let's say things as have nothing to do with, let's say division one soccer. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> what to yeah. say to that? I met that. I mean, everybody who are uh, traveling to Prague and have a time, just take thousands, write us, email us, and we will we'll be happy to show this our performance uh, training complex to you. Yeah. yeah. That was also one thing because yeah, I'm also coaching team Czech Republic for me. <laughs> Also, one thing, when I'm now here in Ravensburg, we're always looking for having a practice camp. And for us, it make no make sense to come just for a weekend to Prague because the way is too long. But I really look for something if we can arrive there Thursday night, leaving Sunday late to be there on the practice facilities, using, getting a cooperation with you, focus in, to, to something because this all together, having a practice camp, a facility, you can train the guys and make a little indoor combine, something like that. This is really something I already, also for other coaches, I, I look for hotel, practice field, the all-in complex because you know how it is as a coach, you want to make a practice camp, you call like, Oh, we can use your turf field in March. Uh, yeah, of course, we have two, We have room for 15 people. So I, I'm an American football team. <laughs> I, come with, I come with 60 people and they are eating and we need space. We need meeting rooms. And then you always have the question, in March, we can use your gym. And they say, like, yeah, we have, we have a gym for soccer. You know, I say, sorry, I mean, there's no room for us. So... This is for every other team, I hope. Check out Prague. Check out uh, the all-in complex. You have, of course, Prague is, for us as German, is cheap for hotels. You know, everyone can can get their room. This is a great deal. And, and I, I'm pretty sure when teams contact you, um, you will find a way to get great deals done. I think this is because yeah. I, everyone I talk about Asking me what is Czech football, I always bring down Jan Stiegler and Daniel Flalashovic with the all-in complex because it's just not there for other countries. Yeah, I, I mean the for example, even it's it is funny because Jan Stiegler, uh, he's as well the head coach of the U19 team, and like one year ago they have some uh, friendship game against. It was a Hamburg, Hamburg, I'm not sure, some uh, GFL uh, junior team. And they even provide, like the whole team was sleeping here in our complex, you know, because it's not so far from the field. Wow. 50 people can be there, you know, in the sleep bags. But it was like, uh, yeah, so 
so we can we can use that room as well like that you know, as, as, you, as you mentioned yeah, so but back to that again really if everybody or anybody is thinking about or they have some question mark in his head should i do it or not take a bunch of your teammates try to uh, look for some some nice place around you, your town and make it because afterwards and other teams can join and other sports can join and support you and you can survive or even grow up as as we are already four years uh, four years on the market and still growing up you know so it's, do it's, it it's it's important really it's important to that that the team will do some strength and conditioning things together really this is this is definitely as you mentioned we are so 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 many years back against for example in comparison with the us you know so really everybody should understand that uh, playing american football is not just to have some some camp before the season start and then let's let's rock snowy you know, for example we are starting like our season program three three months before the uh, first outside training with uh, full pads yeah, it's like that. So three months, really. Then you have like three months the season, and you have a half year complete uh, booked for the football, or maybe more, more than half year. Yeah. That's great. No, definitely. I mean, that's the thing where it's like, and we could keep talking about it over and over again. And I'm, yeah. I'm a big guy, and this is what I've been dealing with for the last, let's say, five years. When in terms of just performance training and training athletes is especially in the GFL where and this is right where in Europe everybody looks at the GFL as being what the the top league right in Europe and yes it is semi pro but it's also pro at the end right so for some guys it is professional some guys like you for example you put in the effort the work as a true professional as a true import would do because you do get guys, and, and you've probably seen this firsthand, being where you've been at, and even right now at Prague, like you do get guys where you see two different deals. You see they play top league, but they act like it's fifth league, right? They're sitting there smoking after practice, maybe not really taking performance the right way. And then you get guys that are like, no, like I'm training like as if I was in the States. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And, and still, even within the team, when we are starting the off-season, you need to set some target, you know? So we are making those uh, uh, combined, combined tests. So the first combined test, or I don't want to tell it, combined like a first testing is the first workout in the beginning of the off-season. We just measure the guys, what, are, what is their, uh, to know their lower and upper body strength, you know? So, or even the speed and so on. So we are measuring like 30 yards dash. We are measuring how many reps can you do with a 100 kg bench press. We are measuring three max, three reps with your maximum three reps, not just one. We are measuring the vertical jump or the broad jump. And then at the end of the uh, off-season program, we are repeating those tests. You know, so everybody ha had some commitment to that because no uh, nobody from the team wants to have the same result in, right. the, in the end of the off season, you know, because then, because then the rest of the team will really be uh, mad on you or that, that definitely they will be not happy like that on you because, because uh, I'm telling to everybody, the team, the team is so strong as is the strictness or how, how weak is the, yeah, the weakest part of the, of the chain, you know. That's what I'm telling. So 
there is a commitment in this offseason program by every player and I'm happy that every single player who are playing in Prague Black Panthers, they are trying really to make their best in those uh, off-season workouts. Yeah, that's, that, that's great because now, now you bring in and you're kind of saying the guys take it seriously, the performance, right, the aspect of it, like we need to prepare because why? You guys don't only compete in the Czech League, right? You compete in what? the AFL and ultimately international play where now the stakes are even higher because not only is, does it cost a lot of money to play in the first league, but now you're playing AFL and international championship games. Like for example, against teams like the Vienna Vikings, the Swarco Raiders, the New Bay Dragons, for example. Mm -hmm. That's it. And, and as well, I mean, when I, if I, I will review the, some of the results which I have in my head, for example, we got here, one D-line man, Michal Novak, he's I don't know, actually he's not playing anymore. But those results are similar to NFL combine camps. This guy at the final combine, he did on a bench press like with 100 kgs, 39 reps, you know, 39 reps. Then this year, our offensive lineman, uh, Miroslav Kisilka, I think we will talk about him and he's, he's really one of the the best players uh, currently in the Czech Republic. And he his squad was, I am not sure, but I think 230 kilograms uh, three times, you know. So this is, this, is, this is crazy. This is that's, crazy. That's bigger than a lot of the numbers right now currently going around in the, in the CFL um, international combines. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very crazy. Just, just to just to uh, one one important uh, thing is to mention as well that regarding off-season program, of course we in our all-in training complex we are not in the top service. Really, the top will be that every single position will have their own program, which is the best fits for their position. But uh, unfortunately, this is this is not possible in the let's call it semi-professional team because. The guys, you know, you, you, they cannot be like some of the guys. They cannot say, okay, I'm fine to be on an on a off-season training on Monday from 8 to 9 p.m., another one from 9 to 10 or whatever. So you have to put almost all the, all the team together except the O-lines. Our O-line, really, this year or last year, I didn't play in any team with a, with a better online like like Black Panthers, they have like Kiselka brothers, you know, uh, Michal Knotek. I can I can mention every single part of that online, and they are making their own off-season program, which is really for them. It's, it makes no sense to run like 40 yards always in the athletics. So they have they have uh, their own strength conditioning coach Remek. I and they are doing really great programs as well. So. We try to divide it by the, the whole line they are doing their own and the rest they are, they are working with us here only trading. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we, we could get into specifics. We'll probably do that on another episode because be, <laughs> we'll be talking to strength coaches next week, um, but we'll talk about it later. But, I mean, that's the number one thing. It's like, yeah. yes, it's European football. So at least where you have – if you can do it, then you have everybody and then you have the O-line. Or if you could go – if you go O-line, D-line – you go then big skill and skill if that's possible. If you have it, and of course financial aspects come into it, depending on the strength yeah. coach, how much it is. But at least where you have something like you kind of said, it's more split up appropriately to the position because, like you just said, 
offensive linemen are not sprinting what? The 40 yard yeah. gap. Yeah. Maybe the receiver will catch that and then boom, you know, he's running 40 yards or, or, or the DB has to flip his hips and turn 40 yards and sprint. You know, other than that, for the most part, nobody, especially on offensive linemen, the only time they're ever doing that is probably what? And I've seen it. After a game, you stop at McDonald's, the, literally the bus doors open, and boom, you've never seen them run that fast in your life. You yeah. know? That's the only yeah. time. And yeah, but, but really, again, I, I'm not, honestly speaking, I'm not the best friend with those online men, but, but <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> but, but it happened in some of the games, like there is some crazy run by running back, you are blocking your DB or safety, and after the uh, after that play, you just turn up, and your online man is just next to you, you know. So, and then in the huddle movie, you say, "Oh, Jesus, he was running almost 30 yards and blocking somebody." So, right. rest, respect to them and to every online who is playing like that. Absolutely. Okay. Wanna wanna hit the next topic? What <laughs> is the the Prague Black Panthers? We talk about now so so many times about it. For me. It is, like I say, one of the best programs in Europe, and I like to explain now why I'm thinking that. When you look to the GFL, Dresden, Braunschweig, Trebischer, they're having great players, but they're having Austrians, Swedish, French, players from everywhere. When you look now at the Black Panthers, this is for me a team, put them in the GFL, you will become a German ball contender always. Why? You have so many local great guys. You mentioned always the O-line. O-line, they have hard names, and I don't like to pronounce every name, but let's start with the right receiver group. You have you, Daniel, Jan Beran, Jan Stiegler. This is top already in Europe, and I forgot names already. Then you look at the DBs. Jan Kappert, LJ, Philip Ondraschek, great guys. And then we come, for me personally, I'm a defense guy, the best linebacker gang in Europe, David Zobota, a crazy guy, David Zobota. Then Mitschka Ondra, Ondra Mitschka, a young, talented linebacker. When you look him up on Instagram, he looks like an animal. He is so young. He is, he's trained. He is a Division One linebacker. If you want yeah. to go there, he can go there. And then for me, the best European linebacker, Carl Augusta. You not want to meet this guy in a dark corner. He is on the edge. He is on the field. And... Uh, on D-line, Jan, Jan Stradi, I probably pronounced yeah. the name wrong, defense and young talented. And this, and I forgot so many guys already, but all these names, it's like 10 players right now. You, yeah. you have a team, I know it, I coach the Bobcats, and we, we go out, let's say we play against Pardubice, against the Lions, we are one touchdown behind, we know... We can win. We are a good team. We can win. If you, you have the feeling you step out of the bus against the Brock Black Pandos, you already say, oh, shit. No, oh, shit. <laughs> you have this, like, Real Madrid, FC Barcelona, everyone know, not today. This is yeah. tough. Now, what do you think? What makes the Black Pandos so special? And how now we know damn Corona 
but I think this year in the AFL, you are the top team out there, and I think you are on the edge to prove it. I mean, how you think the Black Pandas become that unique group, like you say, guys not really leaving? I mean, you are one of the fewest Czech guys who go out, and you see all the trophies behind, you do a great job in junior coaching, how that all makes the Black Pandas to what they are, to a top program in Europe. Yeah, yeah. So, starting from the beginning, just, yeah, I have definitely, I have to agree. I mean, I, I'm so happy that I am playing uh, in Prague Black Panthers and I'm not against them because really this is the best so far what, what can be, what can be offered in the general public. That's on my personal opinion, man. Yeah. Receivers, maybe you forget Jakub Voleski. This is a yeah. GFL one top star receiver. He should be definitely there. Kano Irobao Tessi, pretty young uh, receiver. Then uh, linebackers, yeah, Tomas Svoboda definitely. Uh, and I call them really like a boom duo together with uh, uh, Karel Augusta or Smyshev. They will be starters in GFL team, well, whatever team definitely, you know. So uh, this year in AFL, yeah, it's pretty hard because last year I think uh, our goal last year was to, to be in the playoff. We did it to playoff. Some uh, issues happened during the season, like we changed, uh, we changed the coaches and, and so on. And in some um, uh, main positions, we were not uh, as expected to be. But even with that, we finished in the semi semi-final game. And this semi-final game was like, like every single loss really hurts. But that was, that was one of the special because even uh, during the handshake after the games, you had a feeling, or you saw from the from the players, amazing player from Vikings, like wow, that was really a nice game, and it was a tough game. So afterwards, we really knew if we will keep the standard like we did, improve the gaps, then we we shouldn't think just uh, about the playoff, but really the target for 2020 AFL was the final game, and I'm still telling that if this will happen. I mean, the AFL, I, I have no doubts that we will be there, really. Because actually, the, we, had a, we had a weekend uh, camp, or weekend, it was from uh, Thursday until the Sunday camp. And the next weekend, we should travel to Innsbruck Raiders. But during this week, all the, service, all the issues happened, borders were closed, and the AFL was so far stopped, you know, so... Uh, I have no no information for management. How, we, how what is the plan? But honestly speaking, my personal thinking is that this year we, as a private black Black Panthers, we will not play the AFL because we will be not allowed to travel uh, through the borders. You know what a shame, but it is like it is. So, uh, but still, uh, and it really sucks and hurts um, me or every single my teammates because we really spent so crazy difficult hard off-season program and suddenly just a few days before the first game it was like borders closed coronavirus uh, yeah, affected i mean everybody i don't want to talk in detail about that so uh it hurts it sucks but we need to focus what will be the next in 2020 you know so i know that there is maybe some discussion that we will play a kind of uh, check league 
there might be some some uh, meeting of every Czech association of teams in the uh, 15th of April, but I, I really don't know. Maybe there will be kind of shorten uh, kind of league during the summertime or during the autumn time. We will see. You know, we will see. But uh, regarding the organization, why the Pride Black Panthers? Sorry to another teams, even another teams in Czech Republic are really growing up, and I am happy to see Absolutely. that. Uh, but still, I think the Prague Panthers is the top team in the Czech Republic. Why we are on that level? I, when I will compare our organization with another ones, I think we have really, really amazing work uh, for young players, you know. It started with U19, which is coached, as mentioned, by Honza Stigler. And uh, afterwards, we, we uh, set another level and we created the U15 organization that was in 2017. And I said, I will take care about that. So since 2017, we are working with the, really with the kids and we are so successful. I mean, in 2017, our first league in U15, we finished on the third place. 2018, we have almost perfect season with 32 wins and only one loss in the regular season. And you have second crazy one. scores. You have like thousand point scores or something. Yeah. We, we, we score like almost one thousand two hundred points, and we get like not more than three hundred points. You know, so that was crazy. But but then we finished on the third place because in semi final game we basically lost. <laughs> and the last year the same, almost perfect season, four wins, two losses, first place finally. Here is the cat. From U15, and this is from U19. Uh, well done by Coach Stigler. So I think this is really the 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 process which should be set up in every single team. You know, back in my times when I started with the football, it was like there were almost no junior league, or there there, there was some junior league, but only a, a, I know maybe five teams were playing that. So. Uh, the senior team was, was fitted up by a kind of uh, open camps, you know. Who wants to play the football? Try it, try it, and you will see if you like it or not. But today, I am happy to say that we, or uh, that happened last year, we in PBP, we cancelled those open open training camps for the senior teams because we are trying to fit it, uh, fit it up the senior team by the juniors, you know. And the juniors team, we are feeding up by the U15 team. Mm -hmm. And also this is really, we are trying to work with the, with the kids already to develop them that in the age of 18, it's not needed to explain them the, how, how to run the route, how to, how to catch the balls, you know, the, they are already prepared for that. So I think this is really something what is still keeping the distance between Frankfurt Panthers and, and other Czech teams. Yeah, and the great thing is when every team has a problem is to find coaches for the youth teams. And now you say what you do. You have your job, you have a gym, you are a player, you have family, and you are, I mean, whatever, but <laughs> a, a, a private life, uh, and you are a junior coach. So, and this is, this fits all together. I mean, this is, that is what, what I tell also my guys when I say, if you're not want to play until you're 100, you need to help to get a youth program running. And there is time if you want it. And this is the great thing. I think, like you say, this is one what makes the Black Panther so unique. You have so many 
old players that stopped playing or still playing coming in the organization. You know, we need to be there. We just can't go off the practice home. We need to be there. And we, whatever, if you help on marketing, if you help on, on, on junior coaching, and I think this is what would be missing in Germany mm -hmm. uh, because players sometimes just go home and say, I'm a GFL player. And you guys, this is why you always, I don't know how many times the Black Panthers, since the Black Panthers are the Black Panthers winning the check ball. I think it's like nine out of 10 years. We like that we won every single championship. <laughs> well, <laughs> if in that year we were playing the Czech League like that, you know. So, yeah, it's, I mean, you have to, uh, for example, Daniel Krejbik, you know, or, or, or his brother David Krejbik, they were playing, I don't know, more than 15 years, maybe 20 years. So, sorry, brothers, I don't know. <laughs> but both of them are still connected with the team. I mean, Dan is doing the, the coaching stuff in junior league, in senior team. And it's, and I can continue, I do as well uh, that another players, they are already starting thinking about when I will stop with uh, my uh, uh, football career as a player, I want to continue as a coach. Because football became, yes, American football here in Europe became definitely a strong part of, of their life, you know, even of their families. So, uh, I mean, you have to have it in your heart. It has to be definitely part of your, of your life, of your lifetime, and you, ha you have to have some vision, you know, or some reason why to make it. For me, why I started with 15, for me it's clear, because if I will have this knowledge, which I have today, 10 years ago, then maybe I will be absolutely on different level as a player, you know. And this is the reason why I want to share this knowledge with the U15, U19, you know, to train them, to explain them that they will not do the same stupid things like I did during my career, for example. Starting by a preparation for the football, studying the playbook, start studying the opponents, you know, spending the time in the huddle and so on. So this is the reason, this is my vision, why I want to be a coach, you know, to share, uh, make a call, it's called lesson learned to the young kids that they will not uh, make the same fault as me, for example. That's it. And I think, for example, Honza Stigler, he's doing as well, a brilliant job in, <laughs> he's a sport, he's a player, He's a head coach of the U19. He's a sports manager of Prague Black Panthers. You know, so that's a lot. Are, yeah, I mean, that's you need to have this uh, this basic team who really takes care about the whole organization. And there are many, many other names which nobody knows. For example, who are taking care about the marketing, about the about the fields issue, uh, about the sponsorships, and so so. Yeah. That, 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 is, that is the great thing. And this is what I mentioned on the first. This, it, this, you feel that when you play against the Black Pandas, when you step out of the bus, everyone has black T-shirts with PVP. <laughs> I remember when we played each other in the Czech ball in Eden Arena, the whole offense was like in a T-shirt, the whole defense. And we're sitting there as Bobcats like, <laughs> we know we are good, but this is another level. This is another level we're facing here right now. And yeah. this, is, this is just a great thing. And there, like I say, and people always that don't believe me, 
I say there's not many teams in Hero they have this organization, you know, and, and this is just this is why I'm sharing for the Black Panthers go out and win this damn Austrian ball. <laughs> go out <Thank> you. <laughs> and show everyone how great you are. Because yeah. it's this is the this is the last piece what is really missing is the Austrian ball trophy next to the other one. And then people will will, will understand what hard work it is out there. That is that is really for me for me. Yeah. I was speaking, this will happen, definitely. If we will have any chance to play in AFL and we will be prepared like that, so uh, this is really something which is possible. And I'm happy that, like, some years ago, when we were joining the AFL, everybody who was counting, like, the how many games they can win or lose, so everybody will drag Black Panthers, okay, it's 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 automatical win for us, you know. But back a few years ago, since I don't know, two, three years ago, they, they, they I, this is my personal feeling that really they understood Prague Panthers as a, as a good opponent, definitely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, for but, me, hearing, for me, hearing all this, and I'm gonna say this, um, there's a lot of teams, especially top teams, but that's like we kind of talked about already. Kind of hearing in terms of why you, and for example, um, Shriga, why you guys are involved in the youth, okay? It's because you guys care. You guys care about the future of the program. You don't care about the now. And that's what too many teams in Europe and even powerhouse teams, right? Because what do they do? They just focus on the men's. They focus, hey, we got money. Screw it. Yeah. We're going to buy guys, plug and play. But this is the thing, right? You could save that money and use it, right? Like a lot of teams do effectively and invest it in the youth. But this is the thing, right? The, the common denominator that you see with top teams that have something like a situation like you guys is that you have guys that care, that yeah. truly care, where at the end of the day, they don't say, hey, at the end of my career, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go sit at home and do whatever I want. It's more like they want to give back because like what you said, and I've seen that out here coaching also men's, also coaching in the youth, and I know Coach Sebastian has kind of the same mindset. It's like you see what is the possibility if things are, let's say, a little bit tweaked. You know, you say, hey, we could fix these little things for that next generation coming through. Imagine what that team is going to be. That men's team will be in the next five to seven years. Yeah. Be a powerhouse. That's how you can develop an academy that some of these top teams have out here. And there's probably, what, three top academies out here in Germany, for example. And mm -hmm. then also in France, they got some top academies. But that's the big thing where it's like you are focusing on the longevity it's going to pay off at some point. That's what you guys saw last year. Basically, now that next step, like, oh, crap. Like, they're here to play, you know? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I I, uh, I said something about uh, the distance between Prague Black Panthers and, and other Czech teams, and the distance is really shortening, you know? That's a true, but in some cases, it's really shortening because of uh, they bring more, more imports here. but this is okay to get some temporary uh, results, my perspective. Yeah. But definitely, if you want to guarantee the long-term uh, still improving trend, then it's, if, if you don't have a billions on your team uh, account, then uh, you, you have to develop players. And that's the reason, as it's absolutely like you mentioned, I mean, 
the the complete U19 team is coached by the senior players, still by the active players, you know. And uh, then, then, yeah, a lot of people don't have that. Like, sir, they don't have that. And it's important to mention everybody. Everybody are doing it for free, you know. Most of them they have their families, you know. They have their, of course, own business. But still, as a part, really a huge part, or as a football is a huge part of their life. They basically, it's for me, it's it's same uh, important as my as my job, as my complex here, you know, to be part of this organization, to grow uh, with this organization, and to set up some some brightness future, you know. So I think if the if the distance between us and another teams are shortening then it can spread again if those teams will not really uh, spend some resources to the youth organization, definitely, because this is the key. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what I also say to the guys, like, you are a player, but imagine you go and coach a youth team. You, the kids get coached by their heroes, you know, they yeah. are in the weekend in the stadium, they're seeing you scoring a touchdown or making a tackle or something like that. And then you're staying there and teach them football, you know, when you as a coach, you're always like, it's like mommy and daddy, you know, but when a player <laughs> is there, you know, yeah. the player is there and say, hey, run this route like this or run it mm -hmm. like that. That is that it means so much to the kids everywhere, wherever That's, you are. And I have I have one one interesting point to that because exactly you know this is there are there are for me two different type of coaches, the coach which got the ultimate respect from the players without any force without any uh, hard words and so on, and then another coach who is trying to get this respect you know, and. As I'm even in the U15 league, from time to time, you see the coach, the coaches who are scaring on his players. Oh, why you played like that? That's not allowed. You do it wrong, absolutely, and so on. But, but in my head, I'm telling like, come on, man! It's not the fault of the kid of uh, of the player. The player is the mirror of you, of the coach. So if you want to blame anybody, you should stand in front of the window. And tell it to the uh, in front of the mirror, sorry, and tell it to the mirror, you know. So that's it. Uh, and and this is about again about the way how you work with the kids because what the kids are learn in U15, they will take definitely to U17, U19, you know. And you are not spending another time by exp explaining basic things. That, but all the time it has to be some a good setup of the training. And the training method, because, for example, me in the U15, there are still kids, you know, so you cannot, you cannot all the time just make a workout or practice like for top athlete with them. It has to be still a kind of fun, kind of competition, but still you need to get as many as possible out of the, out of the practice, you know. And I think this is something what should be improved in another teams. I don't want to blame another teams, you know, but since I see our organization as really uh, the top organization regarding the, the youth program, then I would be happy if some other teams will even contact me or Jan Stigl and try to talk about, you know, because uh, I think this is for the problem that the, that the teams, they are not talking too many together in order to develop and improve the American football here in Europe. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, <laughs> we we had that. I mean, where I'm coming from right now, Marseille, because I was also there. Um, I was the associate head coach and the youth academy director. And I was in charge of all five, six of our youth teams to make sure we had a structure. Yeah. Given structure all the way down from the U8 to the U19. Where, of course, like you kind of said, right? I can't coach. And at least for me, my, my biggest baby was our U16. Because when I got there, my, my import Canadian receiver wasn't there. And he's supposed to take over as head coach OC. So I ran that team like I would essentially a GFL team, right? Just in mm -hmm. terms of like structure, right? Now, not coming after the kids, of course not. But, right, for me, that was the baby because my, my main focus was getting to understand we're still having fun. And there's always a percentage, right, when you're going from, from the U8, to be honest, it's just 100% fun. We'll, we'll, we'll play some games to get them to start learning what is football and so forth. But you get, like, these percentages where it grows a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger as you move up each team to yeah. now it's more like U19 and the men's where it's serious because the biggest thing is like you kind of talk about I guess you guys have some sort of structure set up, I guess you would assume, and maybe in-house coaches clinics to kind of talk about, hey, are we using the same terminology? Is it a version of the same playbook being taught from the men's? I don't know. What is it that you guys have? So we have definitely a structure. You know, we are sitting together with Honza Stigler in the beginning of, or not in the beginning, but after the end of, let's call it postseason. During the postseason, we sit together and we are trying to figure think about like okay here is the U15 that was the target which we set up in the beginning uh, of the season we reached the target what will be the next which players from U15 are moving to U17 what what which position they should uh, play you know a kind of skills we are evaluating evaluating their skills to see that they will really fit in the best to the team and uh, he's doing the same for the U17, U19. So really, we got the structure before uh, the start of every season, and we are just trying to monitor the structure. That's it. So, but the structure is definitely important. You you need to know where you want to be and what you have to do to be there. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. No, I mean that's. I mean, like we already talked about, there's many teams in Europe, they, and we kind of had these talks these last two days with Coach Holly and Coach Rosa where teams say they want to develop a program, even though they're a club at that situation, because it's like a lot goes into making a program. You know, it's not just, hey, we have the money, we're bringing in, let's say, 10 imports a year, and so forth. Like you kind of talked about, you need that constant turnover. And that turnover comes down to what? The youth. Because this is a thing, right? Maybe those imports don't come next year. Maybe some of your top core domestic guys don't retire in the next few to five years. Where are you going to get the bulk of your players? If your roster is 45, right, and 10 of them are imports, where are the other 30-something guys coming from? That's the youth. That's where you see a lot of these teams that they'll have, like you talked about, they'll have a few years where you see them, they'll, they'll narrow the gap, and then there's like a massive drop. Because yeah. their youth guys are not ready to make the jump straight from the U19 and say, I got a 19, 20-year-old, okay, who literally is starting the next year or he's a legitimate backup. Like, we had that in Shrevish Hot. That's the first time I kind of noticed where I was like the structure, the differences. Because when I was in mm -hmm. Cowboy before with the comments, literally the youth, the kids that would come from the U19, they weren't ready to play now. You notice they need at least two, three more years of development, mm -hmm. and they're already 19 years old. So you're saying this kid won't be ready until he's, what, 21, 22, you yeah. know? And then you're seeing at Triple Five, we've got a 19-year-old corner 
you know, starting in the German Bowl and doing a damn good job against some of the big dogs that New Yorker has had over the last 10 years. Yeah. That's what a lot, a lot of teams don't understand that. And I love the fact that what you guys are doing and hearing more about it because it brings more light to what teams essentially sometimes they turn a blind eye and they say, oh, we just need to bring imports, bring imports. It's like that's a short-term goal. If, you're, yeah. if you have the structure, you're working on the youth, you build some sort of academy, it doesn't have to be academy per se, but a program, you know, at some point the results are going to come in and you're going to see just the consistency going. Exactly. Yeah. But again, it's about the structure and you have to set up the structure. For example, Coach Founder mentioned uh, uh, Ondra Michka, you know, the, the player 18 years old. Ondra, I think you are 18 or 19 now. But in 18 years old, he was, uh, or 17, as a junior, he was 19. He was playing the junior league, then he get the starts, definitely uh, valuable reps in AFL team. And then he was as well in the Czech national team, you know, yeah. and in 18 years. So he, he, when, when he moved to senior team in age of 19, this is a almost professional player ready to play really top, top league. And this is about the structure, you know, about the development of the players since the, uh, since the kids. Yeah. And but yeah. again, we can continue to <laughs> talk about this. Yeah. It's all about developing your football, also in your country, team to team, because that also has now an ultimate effect result to, let's say, you guys on, on the Czech national team. Because, like, you know, Coach Vander's the head coach. You're one of basically the top receivers, players for the Czech national team. And, you know, and I've heard there's – I'm not going to say positions right now, but I'm saying there's a certain positions where you guys need more development at – but that comes down to what? Each team, right? Because, like, for example, you guys played, what, against France? That was essentially a closer game, you know? And then second half, you know, it kind of snowballed. But then you see that ultimate effect at the true international, national level. We are talking about Team Czech Republic and what you guys could do to be a dominant force and maybe maybe a Final Four team. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. That was a tough game. That was a tough game. I uh, don't, but in that game, for example, with the France, don't watch about the score because, like, the first half, the French team they will they were really surprised, like, wow, we didn't expect this, this, uh, yeah, tough sure. game, yeah. Yeah. So, so the second half was another one, but but back to that, yeah, we are working definitely. For example, there is no or there was a problem with a quarterback position, you know, in the Czech country. Back when I started to play in Czech national team, it was in 2010, there was playing Alan Kosniewski, who is uh, today over, over 40 years, and afterwards there was nobody. So when we were uh, traveling to Italy, to Milano, for the uh, European uh, you know, tournament that was a Division B or Group B, then before that, we were thinking, okay, who will be the QB? And then Jan Dundacek, one of the best receivers with, him, uh, with which I have ever played, he was transferred to QB, you know, and basically the Czech national team had to play with a wide receiver on the main position of the offense, you know. And so afterwards, he, he was doing really amazing job as a QB, but when, when, uh, since he finished with, the, with his career, again, there is like, there was a Blaha who got injured, and there was that's it, you know. So 
we are, but I, I can say we are developing really, uh, even young quarterbacks. We have right now one QB in the uh, uh, US or Canada playing. And uh, yeah, and I am pretty sure that in our U19 or U17 programs, we have really, really talented, even in U15. I have one guy in U15 and I'm, I can't wait uh for the time when he will wear the pads because this is really the talent from the nature you know so i i, I can say that the future of for example this uh quarterback position in czech republic is ensured and guaranteed and i hope and i'm crossing my fingers that we will be in the situation then in five years it will be not needed that we will have to uh bring the import from us for the quarterback position because we will we will develop and train our own ones, you know. And uh, that sounds awesome. I hope this is this is what we can give with for the future for Czech football and also for the Black Panthers getting develop a Czech quarterback. That will be awesome. We yes. will uh, thank you for your time. It was wow. like, <laughs> great talk. And again, one and a half hours. We we we're hitting here. We're hitting here a lot of time. And To all listeners out there, thanks for your time. And of course, if you want to, if you're in Czech Republic, get in touch with the All In Complex. It's a great facility to get you ready for for football. Uh, thank you, Daniel, for your time. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate your invitation. I will enjoy it. it was interesting discussion with you. And uh, thanks to everybody who is uh, listening and watching you. I mean, this really nice program. Continuing that and. Uh, for all of the european teams maybe don't watch for the imports in the us but from time to time you can find really interesting players in the czech league so if you are struggling hit me up and i'm i'm willing to support you but definitely there are some beatons in the czech league so hopefully we stay in touch and we will uh, see each other in the in the future yeah yes. absolutely. have a good Take care we'll definitely see each other and then i definitely need to get one of those uh pvv shirts <laughs> you will, you will, you will. Take care, stand healthy, and uh, ciao. Choose. Okay. <laughs> Outside. Bye -bye. Outside. Bye -bye.